everybody. And welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live. Over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio, you are not only with Greg and Stephanie Schleter, but we have with us tonight the Schleter Gang. Yeah. How's that for courageous? Minus plug live. Minus Anne Marie, who's down in Florida. We ask for your prayers for her and um, all the Floridians uh, who are uh, bearing down and evacuating and whatnot uh, for Hurricane Irma. So our prayers are with you, and um, we're glad that you're with us tonight. And if you could see what's going on in the studio right now, you would want to live stream. That's all I'm saying. So Galatians 4, 7, tonight we begin, I am no longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. It's a declaration in Scripture. No longer a slave to fear. I'm a child of God. We want to set the stage tonight by acknowledging that the storms are with us and the storms are moving in. doesn't sound like a very encouraging uh, message, prophetic message, but I want to say it again. The storms are with us. And the storms are moving in. We see in the press that North Korea has perhaps developed not only nuclear weapons, but a hydrogen weapon. That uh, they're, uh, they have a capacity to reach the United States within 25, 26 minutes. And um, that is enough to perhaps cause fear, certainly. We've had with us over the last recent years as radical Islamic terrorism and all that that has been. And most of us Americans have been relatively immune from that fear or that threat versus, say, uh, England and Paris. We've got the um, storms that took place this past week in Houston, which were truly catastrophic for many. I mean, it's hard for many of us here listening in northwest Pennsylvania, perhaps, to um, imagine. Sorry. Uh, Pennsylvania, sorry, <laughs> going back to my roots. Um, Ohio, you know, in the comfort of our homes, to imagine what it would be like to have very limited notice and to have to pick up everything. Much less for some to be left behind, loved ones, and wondering if they're safe. We've got the storms, perhaps even more significantly, in our relationships with God in our community, in our family, and even in our own souls. Let's just keep it very real. We've got storms, hurricane force, category five storms, stirring in the relational atmosphere of our communities, of our families, and our souls. And I think it's um, important to say that I think God is going to be relentless until we rest in him alone. He's going to be relentless until he is the only one that we have our confidence in. He's going to be relentless until we explore perhaps all the other things that we think give us security, our bank accounts, our jobs, our communities, our safety. I believe he's going to allow this to happen for what purpose? So that we recognize that he alone is Lord, that he alone is the rock. We're experiencing this in a particular way as a family and uh, have had to uh, kind of be confronted by this in the past couple days, but more particularly today with our daughter at Ave Maria University down in the southern uh, part of of Florida, mid to southern part. With uh, It's really in the eye of the hurricane and all the preparations taking place there. Um, it's uh, been an occasion for us to um, be attuned to her classmates and their community, so we do hold them all in prayer. But with all of these storms, let me read this passage to you. 
It's from Matthew 7, 24 to 27. And I want you to think of this personally for you in light of the storms that may be stirring in your own life. The storms that may be stirring in your marriage, in your family, in the world around us. Jesus says, Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it will not collapse because it is built on solid rock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on shifting sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Join us tonight, brothers and sisters, as we begin in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Lord, we come before you trying to keep it real. It's easy to proclaim Scripture. It's easy, perhaps, for us to talk about faith. But uh, when we are, perhaps, in Houston or in Florida, or, uh, if you will, under threat of, of those who would do us harm, we're tested all the more, Lord. And right now, perhaps we're maybe not even aware of the enemy, the supernatural enemy who would desire to do us harm, far more grave harm than the physical circumstances. We come before you, God, mindful that truly there are hurricanes that have been spinning about us in our culture, in our world, in our community, as close as our relationships and our family and our marriages. And Lord, we thank you that maybe right now you'd help us recognize that any of these disturbances point us to an awareness that you desire that we'd be built on something deeper, something more permanent, something more solid, Lord, that we would not be blown away by small gusts of wind from any of us. Somebody says something at work or in our families. You see, Lord, how we can easily get bent out of shape. May we awaken right now, Lord, in tonight to be mindful that that can be a gift a gift to recognize all the more that you want us to surrender our reliance on lesser, impermanent things and to be anchored more solidly on you who are solid rock. We desire this, God. We're not pretending to be, even though we may go to Mass and pray our rosaries or whatever, Lord, we're aware of the fragility and the shallowness of our faith. I'm speaking for myself, God, and anybody who joins me, God, how easily we get bent out of shape. And we come to you tonight seeking, Lord, that we would be truly built, that our homes, that are our souls, our marriages, our families, that we be built on solid rock, relying on nothing, that if those storms come, and they will come, and those waves crash against us, and they will crash against us, they will perhaps deprive us of our financial abilities, they will de- deprive us of relationships, they'll deprive us of things that we, we sought security in, Lord, that if all of that happens, we will remain unmoved because we are anchored in you. We speak this word tonight, God, because you give it to us in Scripture. And we pray that you'd flood us with this grace, God, not just to profess it, but to live it. And we, Lord, in a special way tonight, as we have our family gathered here tonight, as fragile and imperfect and incomplete as we are, God, but to proclaim tonight that you make this rock accessible to us, yes, the church and the Eucharist, but in a particular relational way in our families. You give us the super abundant power in husband and wife, in brother and sister, in our households. Awaken us, God, to the importance of this unit that you give us to image you, literally to make you, who are love known, to seize this opportunity and to be more firmly anchored in you, God, deeper than any other thing. We ask all of this in your holy name, through Christ, 
our Lord. Amen. Amen. Before we open the door and have some conversation here, we want to invite you to join us tonight in the conversation. It's important that we keep repeating uh, Revelations 12. It speaks of the enemy and his, his influence around us. Do we not see the activity of Satan causing those hurricanes to spin around us? And it speaks there about how we defeat the enemy. Two simple things, the blood of the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ sacrificed once and for all, pouring forth his life in and through the church to us. And number two, the word of their testimony. Brothers and sisters, that's you. We've got to be willing to give testimony. We've got to be willing to share the story of your uh, of God's presence in our lives. So we're inviting you to join us, and maybe one of you maybe is even moved to break the ice tonight. So two things that you might want to share with us in calling in 877-275-8098. The first is, what can we pray for you? If there's something in particular that you have a need, that we can join you in praying right on the spot, we're going to lift that need or intention up in prayer. The second thing maybe you're moved to share with us, what have been the challenges and blessings of family prayer? for you personally. Share with us. We know it's a challenge to bring the family together. Share with us that challenge, but also share with us, you know, what has been the blessing when you've done it. Give that testimony because that is the rock that uh, we want to experience tonight, and we're going to kind of really, as a family, uh, share candidly uh, among ourselves. So, Steph, share with our audience, again, 877-275-8098. Call in. Um, and of course, um, Steph, give us a little commercial for how we have this tool, this movementmassimpact.us. For over three years, um, we've been doing this and inviting families to join us with this. And I want you to share with our audience a little bit about an accessible way we can really receive God's grace alive in our marriages and families. So again, our website is massimpact.us. If you get the in, double entendre there, the impact of the mass and to have a mass impact on the area through the mass. But we are all about personal family and parish um, discipleship, going there deeper, guys, and doing it together. So one thing that we um, put out there for you to help you with is the Live It Gathering Guide. And basically what that is, is um, an opportunity to come together and it's kind of guidelines, if you will, or suggestions on how to, to gather in prayer and to how to um, reflect upon together the upcoming um, readings for Mass that week. And so um, the readings are right there. There are questions for each one. Um, there's a little format um, to gather as a family or a group or a couple or however it is, but just, um, you know, to share victories and challenges, to get that conversation going. And so our website, again, is massimpact.us. We also have an amazing, wonderful Uber world cool. of technology app. app. And you can um, download that, or is that the proper Absolutely. Whether you've <laughs> got an um, Apple phone or an Android platform, massimpact.us forward slash app free. It's got all A-P-P. kinds of cool stuff. Yeah. So do that and stay uh, connected and updated. And on that, you'll also find the list of Ignites in the area, which are opportunities to come together to worship our Lord in the Eucharist um, with more contemporary worship music and just kind of a neat to format there. And, and any other things um, that we have on there to help you uh, live out that call to discipleship personally, familially, and parish 
believe. It's a fun word. <laughs> I just made that up. So again, we invite you to call in um, 877-275-8098 with any prayer requests. Sometimes it can feel kind of lonesome or desperate, and mm. we want you all to know that we truly uh, unite with you and desire to lift those intentions up together and I know that Annunciation Radio has faith-filled listeners and and will take these intentions to heart. So 877-275-8098 and also if you're moved to call in and share um, the challenges and blessings of family prayer time, how your family does it or what stands in the way or whatever questions you may have for us. So again, delighted to be with you tonight. You have the Schleter family on this wonderful feast day. Remarkably quiet right now. Mother Teresa or St. Teresa of Calcutta or whatever the proper term is. So um, folks, by way of introduction of those with me in the studio, again, our eldest Anne-Marie braving the storm down there in Florida, not with us on the phone. We're going to go oldest to youngest and have them introduce themselves to you and share with us what has been a singular blessing this summer that has remained with them through today. A singular blessing from this past summer that's remained with them through this moment. Go ahead, eldest son. Oh, I'm not, I'm not next. She's, you're not a oh, that's child. True. You may be a child, child, a child of, of God. Maybe a child I of God, but not a child a of Greg. Child. So, um, <laughs> I am Joseph. Hi, Joseph. Talk eldest, right into the mic, Joseph. The eldest son. I'm usually running the board, so this is new for me. Um, I am 17 years old. I don't know if we we're supposed to give our age, but I'm going to. And I had the incredible opportunity to serve as a missionary at... <laughs> Catholic Youth Summer Camp down in Damascus. Oh, not Damascus, Ohio. At Damascus Mission Campus in Centerburg, Ohio. So I was there for about 10 weeks this summer. Had the unexpected opportunity to go down there. And I I can't even pick like one specific thing because the whole thing, I know I'm going to do my best, but the whole thing was just so impactful and incredible and being able to serve God in such an intentional way and build the kingdom and in that way and we ministered over 1800 kids and wow. like it's just the whole experience and the formation and in the training and the community was also incredible um one of the biggest standout things and this just came through um lots i mean this was kind of just a major theme that went on so there were a lot of other things that led up to this and that came from this but one of the 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 big themes for me this summer um, was meditating. God just moved me to meditate on the song uh, called Pieces by Bethel. Um, it's a worship song. Um, very powerful. I encourage you all to listen to it. It's called Pieces. And I was just meditating on it line by line. And I only got through the first two lines. And that was my whole summer. Um, which are unreserved, unrestrained. Your love is wild for me. And that was just so moving to me because one that's the way god loves us but two that's the way we're called to love Mm. and that's the way we're called to live and that was just my prayer like lord i want to love that way and i want to live that way i want to live unreserved and unrestrained for you i want to live like wild for you and it was funny because around this time that this was all happening uh, i was i was god was moving me to read from the book of kings and um, it's all about solomon building up the temple and he gets to this part where he talks about um he talk, he's dedicating the temple to God, and he says, if the heavens can't contain you, how much less can this earth, or mm. this earthen um, vessel essentially contain you? And that's just the, that, that idea of God being uncontainable, 
um, really, really hit me along with all of this because, you know, if, if the, um, we're temples of the Holy Spirit, we are temples of Christ. And if the heavens can't contain him, there's no way we can. And too often frustration comes when we try to contain the uncontainable. And so for me, one of the biggest moments was just learning to live in this unreserved way and not try to contain what God is doing in my life, but let it just pour out from me. Joseph, thanks for sharing that. What strikes me as you're sharing a few things. One is Father. Um, and we pray and have praised and worshiped as a family for a long time. But Joseph brought back kind of a new uh, vitality, if you will, and focus, I think, in owning it all the more fully himself. Um, he did lead worship and really honed a lot of that gift God gave him, uh, which we've been blessed with as a family, certainly leading worship before. But the opportunity to do it at that big context, I think he, he was blessed all the more. But just the idea that um, so God unconstrained and is beyond borders Often um, it's our allowing him to go beyond our comfort zones, our risk, Mm -hmm. our risk factor of taking the step on the water that is the occasion for him to flood it with grace. So that image of stepping on the water, you you experience that at CYC, and I'm I'm delighted that you all the more enhance it as one of the elder children of our family for um, the children, all of us, me inspired in addition, to uh, take those risks, whether it's somebody in a grocery store and saying, hey, what can I pray for you? And and seeing God's blessing come through that, those sorts of things are pretty amazing. Uh, son number two, what has been a singular blessing for you that has remained with you from the summer? Um, Who are you, by the way? My name is John Paul. Great name. And you killed my father. Prepare to die. Um, <laughs> That's an eagle, Montoya. Yeah, same thing. Um, who doesn't know some that. Some, a grace. Um, not necessarily... I mean, I guess everything is spiritual by nature, but um, was confidence, a grace that Mm. um, I grew in over this summer was confidence just because, as Joseph said, he was gone all summer. And with him being gone, having an older brother gone who is an incredible leader by nature, um, had to kind of step up to the plate in a lot of different ways. Um, And I think that the Lord really used that to build my confidence in myself. Um, So, yeah. Awesome. awesome. Oh. I have to make a little thought in that also that when God rearranges our circumstances and in a home like that where Annie's gone, working a lot, and Joseph's gone, we can, if you will, not cultivate certain gifts maybe because we see others exercise them with such excellence. And I think the message to our children, to me, is even if you see somebody do something with excellence, don't shy away from that if it's in you. Take the steps anyways to cultivate that. And it was a blessing, John Paul, to see uh, God's grace work through you. And it wasn't, I think the other piece of that is you don't need to do it Joseph's way. Um, or lead in Joseph's way that that, and I'm speaking to our listeners. Um, yeah, don't all lead in my way. <laughs> just the the idea that you know you may hear a great testimony and somebody give witness, and when I use this language, you may be picturing that great testimonial that somebody gave. You're not meant to do it their way. Um, you're meant to do it your way, and so the, that witness to me, Yahweh. John Paul, of you doing oh. an incredible job leading in the John Paul way was pretty cool as a father. Amen. Can I pause you real quick? Absolutely. Okay, so I had this. This is totally off topic because that's how you the whole go for it. Works. Random, random no, joke. It's, okay, so while you were praying, this God just like led me to this passage, and I was like, <laughs> I'm gonna wait for the end to share it. But God's really like, it's like it's like Jeremiah talking last Sunday about something being put on his heart and he had to say it. So you feel duped right so now? I don't feel duped, but I feel like this is about to just spill out anyway. So Spill it. Okay. Um, 
It's from the book of Revelation chapter 2, so it's to the church at Ephesus, which in case you guys didn't know, Ephesus was the only church that Paul wrote to that wasn't like a corrective letter. He didn't have any correction in hmm. it. So it was a community that's already living it and um, like has it all. Go a lot Ephesians. Of it. But so this talks about, this is in Revelation now, and it says, um, I know your works, your labor, and your endurance, that you cannot tolerate the wicked, that you have tested those who call themselves apostles but are not, and discovered that they are imposters. Moreover, you have endurance and have suffered for my name. You have not grown weary. Yet I hold this against you. You have lost the love you had at first. Realize how far you have fallen. Repent and go and do what you did before, at first. You sound bored. But the message is powerful. Keep. I was well. No, that was the, that was it. So it was, I was rushing that first part because it was long, but it set the context. the The heart of it is yet you. I hold this against you. You have lost the love you had at first. Mm-hmm. Um, again, this is a church. Even he's listing all these things they've endured. They um, are sticking to the faith. They're doing all these things, but they've in the midst of the fight, they've lost the love they had at first. Mm-hmm. And for any listener who that is, or maybe people in this room who are so. Um, caught up in in just the fight, the day-to-day fight and trying to endure it all. Like, I just pray that God's Spirit come upon you and that you would reclaim and rediscover that love you had at first when you first encountered the love of Christ. Anyway, that's all. Awesome, Joseph. Great word. Great challenge. Let's go to child in the room number three, actually number four in the lineup, Catherine Lisa. Catherine, what has been a singular blessing from this past summer that has remained with you? Hello, I am Catherine, as my lovely father said. You're lovely. You're lovely. Hi. Thank you. And um, what was the question again? A blessing? Your deepest, darkest secret. Just oh. gonna go. I'm kidding. What's a singular, Catherine, what's a that. singular blessing from this past summer that remains with you to this moment? A singular blessing. That would probably be um, my experience um, this summer at CYSC which stands for Catholic Youth Summer Camp. Um, And this was my third year, and um, it really took me deeper in my faith and um, made me want to um, live it out more deeply um, when I got home, and has just kept me strong um, and just the inspiration it has given me through um, the staff members there and just the great love for God that um, is completely overflowing. So, yeah, that's my blessing. <laughs> awesome, Catherine. Awesome. What have you done um, since you've been back to kind of keep that going? Um, staying in touch with friends who went with me, um, and just talking about our faith together and, um, just keeping up a relationship with them Mm. and also, um, deepening my prayer life and just, um, different ways that, um, I've spent with God that he's taken me deeper. Awesome. Would I have to give a testimony to my lovely second oldest daughter um and you may hear it or detect it but she has um expander in her mouth and it has not inhibited her responding to opportunities to give testimony in fact when we did our live it video or episode uh she just dove right into it in spite of some of the challenge that it has and here you hear on the radio i think it sounds awesome it's a willingness to persevere i think of moses god calling upon moses to communicate and moses had some speech challenges shall we say so i'm very moved by the willingness even with an impediment to give testimony uh how often we might make that an excuse not Mm -hmm. to so don't mess with catherine indeed 
He won't take you down. Youngest beautiful daughter of mine, Grace. What has been a blessing of this past summer that has remained with you to this moment? Um, I think anyone who's been to CYSC would have to say that. But, yes, CYSC was amazing. But what I want to talk about is something I don't think I've shared with any of you guys except Annie because she and I have talked about it a lot. But when I was at camp, so slightly involves that, my counselor when I was leaving wrote me a letter, mm. and she was like, the saint God's really putting on my heart for you is St. Kateri Tekawitha. And since then, she's come up easily like 10 times, like totally random. Like one time I was talking to Annie, and totally out of the blue, she was like, oh, you should pray to St. Kateri Tekawitha. And I was like, what made you say that? Like, what? <laughs> she's like, I don't know. God just like kind of put it on my heart whatever that's who I usually pray to and I was like that's when I told her and then just from that to like finding random prayer cards of her to um when we were dropping Annie off at college and our halfway point was Atlanta Georgia and we were staying at a priest's old rectory and we were walking around in the woods near the church I was just like walking around and I stopped and I just looked up and there's this totally random statue of St. Kateri and I was like okay Truth. Hi again. I saw it. Yes. <laughs> Anyways, that was amazing and still going on. So. So you know the Lord is using her intercession. Yeah. To touch you in some way. That's so beautiful. What has that done for you personally? That's the question. I think just becoming more aware of like the saints at work. Mm-hmm. I guess. Very cool. They be working. Very fun. And our last but not least, our caboose. Our awesome Sorry. runner, witty guy, Dude, commentator so man, wearing his Green Bay Packers jersey. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully they're going to go all the way this year. Dominic Martin Schleter, what has been a blessing from this past summer that remains with you to this moment? A blessing from this past summer is having his older Rome, brother please. gone. Other than that, of course, um, <laughs> is probably other than CYSC, which is awesome, um, is probably um, coming out of CYSC, praying more, um, um, giving more time to God um, in the morning or at night, and not just praying more, um, but being, being more intentional. And also, one thing I have started doing more is um, journaling, which I cannot stand right, <laughs> but it's it's not that bad. So that um, um, that's been a cool blessing, and also um, family is also a great blessing from this past summer. Thank you, Dominic. I'm gonna cue yeah, you, our beautiful audience, again. Dabbing, of course. Uh, love to have you call in, interrupt us. Love to have you call in and share with us. If there's something we can pray for you, we want to do that. We want to use this great gift and occasion that Deacon Mike and others have labored for to unite people in prayer, the powerful purpose uh, for something like this that it can do. Um, and share with us that prayer request. Mm-hmm. And or call and share with us what are challenges and blessings of family prayer? What have been challenges maybe of bringing your whole family together, your spouse and your children? What stands in the way? And, uh, you know, along with that, you know, when you have done it, and, and I'm speaking perfectly candidly to you, I realize that it can be difficult and few and far between. But when you've done it 
And when you've done it well, maybe you were in the car, maybe it was a moment at a funeral where people were a little more attentive. I, I don't know. But when you've done it, what has been a singular blessing that's remained with you? And in fact, in particular, I'd love it if you've been doing the Live It Gathering Guide. We know there are a number of families, certainly men's groups and women's groups and youth groups. Um, but if you've been a family that have dove in, diving in, dove in to the Lit Gathering Guide, what's been a blessing uh, of that in that experience and making it happen? So 877 So even though I wasn't asked the question... Hey, wait, I hey, ask Mom, I have a question. Yeah, I have a question yeah, for yeah, you. Joseph, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, so uh, what Who's was... Who's your favorite a, child? No, that, that was the second question. What was, like, an impactful spiritual thing for you this summer? Hmm, that is so funny that you should ask that. Other than your son, of course. Yes. Yeah, um, no, I'm very inspirational. So for me personally, I think each of us um, can attest to the fact that, you know, the Lord works differently at different moments in our life. And um, this past summer for myself, the way that the Lord spoke to me most deeply, I think, was um, through community. Mm. So it's kind of hard to put words on, but um, just a real awareness of his presence in those that he, I know specifically has placed in my life, you know, and certainly I could go through each one of you guys who are sitting here, my husband, my children specifically, because that is our context um, for heaven, right? Go ahead. Growth for holiness. No, but just in so many beautiful ways. But um, what struck me this summer was those people, other people that I would always acknowledge as blessing, but just, um, again, just a deeper sense of Christ's presence to me personally through them, whether it be our awesome next-door neighbors um, in different realms, whether it be, you know, just conversations with them or, um, you know, just their servant-heartedness to those people that we've been so blessed with in just living here the short four years that we have who have really... um, intertwined their lives with ours through this ministry and that the Lord has really deepened those friendships with. Mm. And, um, you know, even the night before our family Emmaus events back in August, we had an awesome team assembled who came out of the goodness of their hearts, certainly with some (laughs) emails and texts and other things requesting some help. But those who showed up and did it, um, it just struck me in a different kind of way, like just, again, the Lord's presence and um, in a different moments, really feeling his love outpoured through them. I'm going to uh, affirm everything you just said and actually take us also to that three weeks ago Family Emmaus event, the third of its kind at Holy Trinity. And, of course, we switched the name to Family Emmaus. And we set the stage by reading that gospel passage and uh, really, actually, it wasn't the gospel, was it? It was uh, Luke? No, Acts? Acts the Apostles? One of these things. No, it amazes it's gospel. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Duh. Right. It's in Luke. I'm sorry. Um, who also is the author of Acts. But anyways, family Emmaus, the two things, their hearts were burning within them as they connected Christ's words to their personal lives. So that's number one, that their hearts burned within them as they their history, what they just experienced, this didn't know it was a stranger happened it was Jesus Christ but as they connected 
you know, his working in their lives. It was a personal, it wasn't just a, a memory, a memorization of a historical fact that was impersonal. Christ communicated how their history, how he was in their history. So tonight to us, the point to us might be, you know, are we aware of Christ? writing our lives, his, his being in our history. And then the second thing um, also set up the last three weeks for me up to present day, and that is their eyes were opened in the breaking of the bread. Just take that center word of that statement, the breaking. There's a breaking in this that corresponds to the breaking of the body of Christ. Simply put, brothers and sisters, that blessedness comes through brokenness. In the Catholic faith, blessedness, Jesus our Savior, God chose that blessedness would come by way of brokenness, kind of weaving it into this theme of storm, of um, the rains coming and the waves and the hurricanes and all of these things, which quite frankly, we c- I couldn't stand if I was down there of my own power, any of those hurricanes. And tonight, we can't stand, we cannot um, remain steadfast of our own power with the hurricanes that are spiritually spinning in our lives. But Christ is in that. He wants to break us in a sense. He wants to allow us to be broken so that we rely not on our power, but on his grace coming through us. So that, um, I think, set the stage, Steph, as a singular blessing for me in seeing things that you and I know about that were areas of major brokenness of people very close to us in a number of different circumstances, in journeying with them, in seeing Christ alive in those circumstances Mm -hmm. and the blessing through that. So, folks, I'm going to give you the number again, give you permission to interrupt, 877-275-8098. We want to pray with you tonight, whatever's on your heart. And uh, call and share with us what have been challenges and blessings of family prayer. We're going to go to the Lit Guide and get to the Gospel, um, and I think we'll do that right now. But I'm going to cue you guys, my family, to share with us also um, what have been challenges and blessings for you guys together as a family, what's been a challenge together as a family, and give some testimony to the tremendous blessing it has been when we do gather as a family. So just kind of note that. Um, Steph, do you, got the gospel? Do, you got, do you have the gospel up that you could proclaim it for us this coming Sunday? And again, to include um, our audience here to convey massimpact.us. We're not about our own great ideas or genius. It's not about our organization. Our mission is not Mass Impact. Mass Impact is for the mission of becoming and making disciples. Uh, And, of course, we want to be formed by the gospel. We want to be formed by this great retreat. We've all had great retreats in our lives. Well, we are given this life retreat called liturgy. We want to open the door to God's grace pouring forth into this living liturgy, which corresponds to the readings on Sunday and certainly the body and blood of Christ, which takes place in this rock context of the family. So do we have a proclaimer of the gospel? Sure. Dominic's kind of, is it Dominic or you? Don't you, I mean, sure. Bring it on, D. A gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have won over your brother. If he does not listen, take one or two others along with you, so that every fact may be established on the testimony of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell the church. If he refuses to if he if he refuses to listen even to the church, 
then treat him as you would a Gentile or a tax collector. Amen, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, amen, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything for which they are to pray, it shall be granted to them. By my heavenly Father, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to come back to this gospel. It is this Sunday's gospel, but we have a caller online. And just um, to set the stage again, we began by talking about the hurricanes around the world and in our lives, and certainly in Houston, and now thinking about Florida, uh, our daughter and her beloved classmates, brothers and sisters who are challenged by this. And we, of course, read that passage in Matthew 7, 24 to 27, and how we're compelled to, in these storms, to seek to be built on solid rock and shifting sand. So we've got somebody now online who's going to perhaps share with us the reality of this challenge. How are you doing tonight, Ariel? What? Hello! Hey! <laughs> Flash, also oh, wow. your daughter, so it's fine! <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we have two We're voices. We're coming to you live wow. from Mother Teresa dorm evacuation team meeting occurring wow. right now. Team 210. Yep, wow. Hey, tell us we what's going special. on down there. Give us and give us a little portrait for our listeners of, of the, like the feeling, the culture, What what's the sense down mm. there right now. And on the feast of Mother Teresa, how cool is that? Mm. Yeah, I think it's really crazy. Um, I was a little frustrated today because people were just like super panicking. Um, and I come from an area of tornadoes, not tornadoes. We're not having a tornado. It's a hurricane. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's you're not panicking. As, it's as big as the state of Ohio. Yeah. I mean, I would be <laughs> like, it's nothing. It's just rain. Go air. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's something to swim. take seriously, but like people are panicking just to panic and just to like stir stuff up, which I mean, I mean, I don't know. Like that sort of panic is not of God and like panicking like that to like for people to see you is not you know, where God wants us to be right now. Um, and I, I was just telling people that I think if there's anywhere to direct any sort of anxious energy, it's for the people that were hit today with the Category 5 mm. and Amen. the destruction that they're going through right now. Um, so I think that we have a plan, and, I mean, I'm at peace about it. It's going to be a long drive tomorrow, but, I mean, I think we'll be okay, and I'm not anxious about it. Mm. So, yeah. I think, too, like just what Ariel said, like, there, there's such a temptation right now for um, a lot of selfishness um, and just being very absorbed with, like, okay, well, what's going to – even, like, I mean, I was, like, feeling, okay, what am I going to do with my stuff? And, like, we just set up our absolutely adorable dorm room. <laughs> like, what the heck? But it's like, okay, I'm worried about lights on my walls and there are families that are losing their entire homes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, yeah, like Gary was saying, it's something to be taken seriously, and we're very blessed to have a lot of options in a car that has a tank full of gas. Um, mm-hmm. And, like, our friends are going to be safe, and even people saying Ave are going to be taken care of and everything else. Um, so definitely, like, cause for prayers um, here and for our own safety and everything, but we know that God is going to provide, and just the verse that's been on my heart is that um, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose, Um, and just like his eyes are on the sparrow, so his eyes are on us. And just really realizing that, like, for some people, this is a reality and, like, safety mm-hmm. is, and, like, this is just, like, kind of not a one-time thing, but sort of. And, like, there's people that are actually fearing for their lives 
both because of natural disasters and just because of hate from other human beings. Um, so it's actually kind of been a blessing to be able to, like, enter into God's heart for those people and realize on such a small scale, like, wow, like, this is what some people's actual reality is. So so folks, you're tuning to Ignite Radio Live, and we have with us Ariel Aguilar and our beautiful daughter Anne-Marie, roommates down at Ave Maria in Naples, Florida, in the, really, the if, if all the projections are true, they're really in the eye of this hurricane, which is a category five right now southeast of cuba and it's a a huge it's it's bigger than the state of ohio i don't think we can imagine what that's like and uh, you're hearing them give beautiful testimony ariel sort of the veteran whose family has uh lived through has been through hurricanes before and uh has a beautiful post here i'm just going to repeat it because i think it's pretty cool i'm going to your page and i'm being a creepy dad and looking at your post here on facebook ariel it says yes we are in south we're gonna we're gonna let you read that and we have to have a meeting because we have to be up at four tomorrow to leave by four fifteen. So, just wanted to check in and okay. tell no, everyone. We love you guys. Love you. Pass along our thoughts and our you. prayers to everybody. Thank you for your witness to to all of us and uh, be safe and God be with you. Amen. Joseph, one moment is uh, has some thoughts, but just reading Ariel's post and this is proclaiming it in my opinion. This is just a great exercise of being an instrument of God's grace. She says, "Yes, we're in South." West Florida. Yes, it looks like a big hurricane is coming our way. Yes, go fill up your tanks. Yes, have a plan. Yes, buy a pack of water. But for the love of all that is good and holy, stop spreading panic. As someone who grew up in New Orleans, the amount of panic on campus right now is astounding. The only certainty about a hurricane comes as it gets closer. If there's anywhere to direct anxiety, anxious energy, it's towards prayers for those in the Caribbean, Caribbean being hit by a Category 5 today. Watch the local news, have a plan together, be aware. Anxiety is normal in situations like this, but it does not fix the situation nor help anyone around us. I understand completely that it's something to take seriously, but I also know from experience that bugging out doesn't do anything good. That's a good word. Um, so... While she was talking, I just thought of this quote. I'm not going to be able to get the exact quote, but it was along the lines of, we have power over every storm we can sleep through. And um, it goes back to Jesus when he calmed the storm at the sea. And there's this big storm raging around him. Mm. And he was there just sleeping on the cushion in the back of the boat. And um, just along like that message that we, like that I think Ariel and Annie demonstrated that, um, you have like the storm doesn't have power over like over your emotions over your control over your anxiety like you have power over that and mm. if you can sleep through the storm not like physically sleep through it but if you're not letting it um, affect you then you have power over it hmm. victor frankel man's search for meaning of course his beautiful description of being victim in nazi germany to his tormentors and how it was radically causing upheaval the hurricane in his inner life and he in reflecting upon this he recognized well they may have power just as you said, Joseph, over my physical circumstances, but he said he began to exercise what he called an embryonic freedom, an awareness that God gave him an interior power that he wasn't going to relinquish to anybody else. So right now, this is a powerful insight in uh, Stephen Covey's book, Seven Habits, that has had a profound effect on others, that regardless of the impulses that we're getting from family members or friends that are negative, that are, you know, maybe pushing the buttons or doing things or saying things around us that we're powerless over. God gives us power to say yes to his peace or to reject it 
is I guess the way that I'd put it. So we encourage you tonight also, and it's, let's face it, in our family, um, sometimes it's a small little gust of, of wind from somebody saying something that maybe sets us off. We get that. We're hardly perfect, but that's just really a, a great word. I was struck um, and challenged, too, by what they said about the the vice of selfishness. Mm. Like, even when there's something to be said for a reality of a circumstance, how often we respond out of selfishness and bring the attention to us or only look at how something is affecting us and our wants and our needs and our world instead of coming out and looking through a different lens and which doesn't change the circumstance it doesn't change the realities around us but my goodness it brings us into the reality that the lord wants us to be in Mm. and and so often in every case it's you know lord what are you teaching me in this how do you want me to respond with your heart how do you want me to see this through your lens how can i be of service to another person and um I just, that, that, those were profound words to me. So maybe a challenge to each of us in our own way and whatever we may be going through or enduring or, you know, the theme seems to be storms, <laughs> which is kind of funny because it's all about family prayer <laughs> and stuff. But perfect. Absolutely. The perfect storm. Um, but just, um, I lost my train of thought. But the whole, the, the reality again of the challenge because we are selfish people, you mm-hmm. know, and so often just allow ourselves to remain there. Break and, us out of ourselves, our navel-gazing, right. our solipsism, our hot tubs, and look at other people, which is a huge challenge to Catholics and all people in particular. You know, could we get beyond our filling station mindset and get to thinking about the needs of others and being attuned to them, which for all of us, it's a challenge. And as, as we talk about family life and relationships and whatnot, how often do we only look, and I know I'm challenged by this, and this actually, I, I was thinking about this too as another blessing, spiritual blessing of this summer because the Lord opened my eyes to this, how often I look at things in our family relationships and dynamics through my lens that, you know, Mm. I expect you guys to see things how I see them Mm. or why don't you react how I would react or see things. Do you know what I mean? Just like that whole lens perspective or why do I think my um, desire is the right one, Mm. you know, versus Lord, give me the grace to see it from a different perspective. Your husband's desire, for Of my husband, (laughs) of my children, or a deeper understanding of where they might be coming from versus only that selfish lens that I may look through. So with the balance of time we have here, and we'll probably, we're always hitting this theme, it is that God gives us family as an occasion to receive himself in our relationships are the capacity to truly experience him. And the reality is the enemy, the enemy of God, which makes him the enemy of family called the image God, wants to distract us, wants to put before us idols, wants to put forth other quote-unquote obligations and compelling things that keep us from receiving this grace of gathering. And so keeping a little real and edgy and practical as a father, I would say the heart of our prayer is not that we think God needs us. What brings us to prayer is our profound awareness that we need God. And it would be a waste of time if truly we didn't experience some of his power. If we were just rattling off words, you know, that over time would, you know, be meaningless, would would have our kids and our family say, you know, what's the point? We're just kind of, God doesn't care. As it says in Scripture, rend your hearts 
not your garments. So I'd say the very heart of our family prayer is an awareness of our need for God. And secondly, that he's truly pressing in on us all the time. So we, I'll say even before we pray, and this is a big challenge to families, is we've got to create a, a winning playing field. We've got to create a context without distraction as much as possible and give them permission to experience God pressing in on us. To experience that sense that he loves us personally. And I'll say that, you know, developmentally, kids get that in some way as little kids. There's some point around post-little kiddom, though, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, where we need to keep reinforcing. Because if they're, like, fidgeting or goofing around or not paying attention or their hands aren't folded or whatever, it's not an issue of them not learning protocol. That's the last thing God cares about is just protocol. It's an issue of them not knowing truly how much God loves them, knows them by name, loves them personally, is attending to their heart, knows what's going on in their heart. So I'll say we want to set, if you will, the playing field, the context for prayer where they anticipate God personally pressing in on them and knowing them. And and that obviously is really, you know, after we got to say to the kids and to the family, we got to say, you know, you as parents got to do what happens in any retreat. You are the retreat director. you got to say, turn off your phones, turn off your devices. No, you're not doing those 10 other things you could be doing. We're going to focus on what the retreat master says we're going to do. You come off a retreat and experience an anointing because why? That time and space were made sacred by order. They were focused in a particular direction. And a parent has to have that insight to know that when you do that, and you're going to face, you know, obstinacy, you're going to face resistance, you're going to face, what the heck, why am I doing this, mom and dad, especially if they're far gone. But you as a parent, husband and wife, ideally, if you've got that conviction that, that you know, God is going to meet us if we focus it in the right direction, and that may even mean, i got to say this as a dad, that may mean you need to be convinced yourself. I mean, that may mean that you as a dad, I'm speaking to men, Steph could speak to women, but men, you know, do you really believe that God is attending to you? It may mean a season of you coming before God on your knees early morning and reading the Psalms and hearing God's love for you and being convinced that he is a powerful God, Amen. that the stuff that you bring in your world, your work, your relationships, the struggles, the anxieties, the challenges, gut honest, that you bring that and open up that realm to God because he sees it anyways. And you let him prevail upon you and you, you, you sit and listen, not just throw words at him, but come before him for a period of time. Ten minutes, start there. Start ten minutes without distraction and be convinced. If you're convinced of how God's loving presence for you, you're going to have all the gifts that you need truly to open that door for just ten minutes for your family. And of course, whatever, our living gathering guide, you know, um, it's a starting point. It's something that you can do to guide you if you're not used to doing that for it to be more than rote prayer, you know, rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub kind of prayer, which is God, you know, relationship is at the heart of that. But to open the door to meaningful reflection, interaction, awareness of God's loving presence for you. So going back to the reading quickly and tying it in to talking about family prayer, Pulling the last verse from this, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. It's a verse mm-hmm. I think we may may hear quite often, and we don't think about it much. But in the Old Testament, um, God's presence was such a valued thing. Like being in the midst of God, you ha- you you go back to Moses or David, who were these people who rested in the Lord's presence, and they stood out, and there was this insanely um, crazy opportunity that Moses had to rest in the presence of God, or that David did. And here we have a God who is 
allowing us to be in his presence. Whenever we are gathered together, God's presence is in the midst of us. And we need to be a people that is fueled on the presence. It's so important. The presence is everything. Like We need to be a people of presence who are aware of God's presence. And when we gather as families in particular, there's a special anointing of God's presence there. Um, And then tying that into um, the verse about... um, Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. This goes back to um, when uh, Jesus gave the keys of the kingdom to Peter um, earlier on a few weeks ago. We heard about that. And there's a few chapters ago in the Gospel of Matthew. Um, and he gives him the keys of this to the kingdom. And he says the same thing about um, being, bound, um, being bound and loose. And obviously we understand that when he gave these keys to Peter, he was establishing his church. He was establishing his authority. There's a special, there's a special um, significance to the keys. They talk about the keys of David, and there's a special significance in the Old Testament about the keys of David. It was whoever had the keys was symbolic of who they allowed into the presence of the king. So that person had the authority to allow people to enter into that presence or to keep them away. And we all hold the keys of David um, together. And so through this, we have the power to allow people into the presence of God or allow him or, or deny them access to that. And I think too often in families, we deny our families access to the, the again, we're talking about the presence. Mm-hmm. We deny our families access to the presence of God by not gathering together, by not joining together, by coming together in the midst, united around Christ. Like we have this crazy opportunity, this crazy power to bring people into the presence of Christ or to deny them access to. And that's, that's a serious thing that we all can't, we can't just gloss by that. That's a powerful um, that's a powerful ability that we've been given. And so I just encourage all of us here to use those keys to bring people into the presence of God, to gather as families, to gather as friends, to gather as a community, as a parish, and don't deny people access to the kingdom any longer. Be united around the midst of Christ, and there he will be in the midst of you. Amen. Awesome. Amen. Preach it. So random thoughts from the mother. Um, as you were speaking, Joseph, in in use the word gathering, my mind first and foremost went to the most common gathering space for a family, and that's the table. And so one, I want to encourage families as much as possible, and even if it's just, you know, the couple who has left empty nesters or, you know, before kids days, um, to come together around the table all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's always excuses, and there are some times when I realize it just can't happen because of, you know, we're entering the difficulty of that with work schedules and sporting events. And sometimes that means eating a later dinner, you know, together or whatever it is. But just words of encouragement for those of you who are saying, I don't even know how to start, you know, this. So as you gather for that family meal, you know, hopefully at least giving thanks to the Lord mm-hmm. for the bountiful blessings, you know, a prayer before we eat, grace, whatever you want to call it. But what a great opportunity, too, to lift up those um, that you know are in need as you're discussing politics, which hopefully is being done in your family because it's a great um educational ground for that but lifting up those intentions for our president for our congress for what's going on throughout the country for the um you know all those intentions that we could go through prayers of thanksgiving what are we thankful for who are those that we know in our lives you look like you want to interrupt me super fast yes no i just like i want to affirm that so much because even just like again we we try to figure out where where can we even start just start with a meal together i know even 
me just as a the team, conversation. Having, like we've had friends over and they've joined us for family meals and sometimes it's a little more scattered, but most of the time we'll eat together as a family. And I know that's even been something that's been impactful for them, like having a community, like the families all joined together and eating together and they want to come back to that. And mm-hmm. so I encourage you families, that's something very simple you can do. Just eat together as a family and have meaningful conversation. So and and not, that word. thank you. And not to rush off as mm-hmm. soon as you're done. You know, but, you know, to linger a little bit and to continue those conversations, because that's going to be the seedbed for a deeper prayer life as a family, I think. Or, you know, as you're gathered around the table, why not pull out the Livid Gathering Guide? No, but, you know, someone can can proclaim one of the readings or the gospel or, um, as we've talked about before, during the meal, Hey, everybody, what's something, something from today? What's a victory from today? Something good that happened? Or what's something that you need prayers for? What's a challenge? Dad's great at doing that. He I is. You, we affirm Thank you. Thank you. And you guys are continuing the legacy. The big question that I invite everybody right now as we're wrapping it up landing is, is this question that I know is in the heart and mind of grandparents and parents. What's it worth? What's it worth? The time that you're spending, what's it worth? The thing you're spending your money on, what's it worth? What will be the value five you know, minutes from now, five days from now, five months from now, of the things you're doing right now? What fruit is it producing? What is it worth? And I just have to encourage you that now is the time where you're creating what they're going to say a year from now, five years from now, and ultimately before the gates of heaven. Make that time. Make that time with your spouse, with your children, with your grandkids, set it aside to talk and pray and receive the tremendous gift of God alive in your, in your lives. That's the rock that's going to be strong and hold steadfast against, dare I say, the hurricanes of our lives. We've been blessed to be with you tonight. We're blessed to be part of this community in Northwest Pennsylvania and throughout the world through the podcast. I keep saying Pennsylvania, Ohio. We pray in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, avail our hearts to you. Flood us to overflowing to all around us, to the glory of your name, and through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen.